Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to this Friday edition of the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I'm your host, Henry Chisholm. And for the first time this fall, today's show is going to start out uh, in a pretty sad way. You know, we've been pretty lucky uh, here in Boulder with the way all these fall sports teams are performing. But last night, there were a couple of losses, and we're going to get into that, but before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Uh, Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and the texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. All right. Like I said, Thursday night was a rough one for Buffs fans. Uh, The soccer team, uh, women's soccer team, went into last night 6-0, ranked 24th in the country, took on the defending national champs, Florida State in Tallahassee. Florida State had dropped a couple games on a road trip to top five opponents, and that knocked them down from preseason number one to number six in the country. They're a good soccer team. They're a really, really good soccer team. And the Buffs should have won that soccer game. Uh, Florida State pulled it out 3-2 in overtime. Um, and even the overtime loss to Florida State is going to look great on Colorado's resume. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it actually bumps them up in the rankings, especially, especially if uh, the voters see what that game actually looked like and honestly how the refs performed. That was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. Um, to be honest, not like a huge soccer guy, so it's not like I've seen a bunch of soccer but you you, as football fans I'll put this in your terms uh you know last year it was the NFC championship game uh was it It might have been the week before the the Saints there was the pass interference call blatant pass interference doesn't get called ends the Saints season they would have had a shot to come back and win it this is that caliber of bad officiating um buffs were up 1-0 and Florida State was given a penalty kick because of a slide tackle in the box. Watch replay of the slide tackle, and there was no contact. 
None. There wasn't a brush. There wasn't. There wasn't anything. Um, there was no reason to give them a penalty kick, and they scored and tied the game up. They scored again on another penalty kick, and on the next one there was some contact, but it was some pretty light nudging. Uh, when the girl didn't have an angle at the goal, um, the game was actually broadcast on the ACC network, and so these are ACC commentators who are just shredding these refs, saying they've never seen anything like it, saying that they handed Florida State two goals. Uh, Taylor Korniak, by the way, scored the first goal on a header, uh, put it up in the air for her, and she put it in the corner like she always does. She got the hell beat out of her all night, uh, but since she's bigger than the other girls, she gets called whenever she does anything, whenever they both go for a header and the other girl goes down. Um, it's frustrating to watch, and I can't imagine how frustrating it is for her. You know, at, at halftime, the Buffs had five yellow cards. They'd had one of their, uh, I think it was the assistant head coach, was ejected. It... It was ugly. Florida Florida State didn't have any yellow cards, and I'm not being biased here when I say it was a pretty evenly matched game in terms of physicality and who deserved to be getting those calls. It's uh, It was frustrating. The refs handed Florida State two goals, and I'm not sure what the shots ended up being, but it was something like 28-6 to six in favor of Florida State. Florida State held the ball the entire time, the entire game, um, because because the buffs just packed the packed the box and didn't let them score. They made them take outside outside shots. And to be honest with you, you know, if if I have the option of having, you know, talented soccer players taking a dozen shots from outside the box or two decent head attempts from Taylor Corniak, I'm taking those attempts from Taylor Corniak. Even though they don't have the volume that Florida State had. They just had better chances, and that's why they scored. Uh, Taylor provides something that very few NCAA soccer teams have, and that's just that easy, quick-strike ability. Any play, if you get a cross in right, she's going to put that in the goal. And that's just talking about her aerials. Like I was talking to Danny Sanchez, the Buffs coach, last week, and he said, you know, that's not even her strength as a soccer player. Like, sure, she can go up and get those balls and put them in the goal. She can flick them on. She can, uh, it's, it's incredible to watch. But what she's really good at is all the technical stuff with her feet. It's the fact that that's her strength. Like, true, traditional, tactical soccer playing is her strength. But then she also has the ability to just get those cheap goals that most girls don't even have. Like, they wouldn't even think of. Um, and so you see those shot totals that say, like, three to one or whatever it ended up being in favor of Florida State but you have to remember that that's how Colorado plays and if they can add more if they can become a possession team that can manufacture all of those you know all chances off of good buildup and they do some of that it's not like they're bad at that they're they're a ranked soccer team you need some of that but with Taylor Corniak there is no ceiling because they can keep improving improving in those other areas and still have this threat that is unmatchable in college soccer, um, like LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I've made that comparison before. I just want to bring it up because it is very similar. Um, so, yeah, that was frustrating. Uh, honestly, the fact that they even got it into overtime uh, with 
the refs doing what they were doing. Yikes. It, it, it was a really impressive game for Colorado. Uh, obviously disappointing. Very obviously disappointing, especially because that was their only game this weekend. They had that one Thursday night matchup. They go across the country to play, and then they come back. And it'll be interesting to see the rankings. I think they come out on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Um, came in 24th. I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of the first couple teams out. Or if they even move up just because they gave Florida State such a good run for their money. And probably should have won that game. Uh, frustrating. Uh, hopefully you guys were watching because... As, as frustrating as it was, it was also some pretty great soccer. Um, yeah, that's that's my take there. Most of my takes there. We'll save some for later. Uh, so much fun to watch. Still 6-1-0. and oh, that's, that's a great start uh, with room to improve, which is what's so exciting about this team this year. Um, so that was the first loss of the night. And then... Uh, Colorado played Colorado State in Fort Collins in volleyball. Uh, Colorado went into the night ranked 19th, um, also undefeated at 5-0. and Yeah, 5-0. and um, Colorado State was the first team left out of the rankings, so 26th. And Colorado State, they were the better team, and it wasn't particularly close. Uh, Colorado State swept Colorado. Uh, three three sets was all take took not take. Uh, and they they won them all pretty handily. They looked like the better team. And uh, Buffs volleyball coach this week was saying, you know, this is a really young team, and we know that we have the talent to beat anybody. The question is just whether the the youth and the immaturity and the lack of experience and the lack of chemistry is going to catch up with us on any given night and last night it did and it was pretty obvious you know there were plays where you, you see them try to dig the ball and they pop it up and you're like well that that wasn't you could you could put that in a better spot you're 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 reaching here you're making everything so much harder than it has to be. They weren't playing precise volleyball getting the ball right where they want it to be. They're getting it kind of close. And sometimes they're able to make it work, but against a good team like Colorado State, that just is not enough. Still a fun fun team to watch because, like he said, in five matches, so, yeah, five matches, they had only lost two sets all season. So, basically, they were, what, 15-2 and two in terms of sets going into the night before they lost three sets to zero? That's not who they are because they've beaten good teams. They've played and beaten good teams. You know, Illinois was the fifth-ranked team in the country, and the Buffs swept them. It's it's frustrating in the same way that every young team is going to be frustrating. As they grow, you know, by the end of the year, they could be a force. We could see just more of this up-and-down play, and if that's the case, then there's reason to be excited for the future of Buffs volleyball, which isn't what you want. You want to be competitive now, but it's better than nothing. And the good news is, if you guys are frustrated by losing to the uh, Colorado State Rams, they're actually playing the second game of a home-and-home tonight, Friday night at 6 in Boulder. Uh, 
same teams, just running it back. And they, they introduced a new trophy this year. I can't remember what it's called. I haven't actually seen it either. But just the winner of Colorado, Colorado State gets the trophy. And Colorado State got it for one night. And we'll see if they get to keep it for 365 more nights. Um, should be a blast. I know I'll be up there. I'm actually, I'm actually bringing my dad up there. He's in town. He and some of his Bears fans are going, or Bears friends are going to the Broncos Bears game on Sunday, and he came down a little bit early. And we're gonna go check out some volleyball. Uh, famously, he is a Colorado State Ram, so it'll be interesting to see who he's pulling for tonight. Because I know in that Rocky Mountain Showdown, we kind of had him converted just because he's paying a lot more attention to the Buffs now that I'm doing all this stuff. Uh, Fun little subplot of the volleyball game tonight. Who is my dad cheering for? Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on around uh, the University of Colorado athletics. It's disappointing. It's really disappointing to get those losses, but they are far from death knells. Uh, you know what could be a death knell, though? Colorado losing to Air Force this weekend, and I do think that there is a very real possibility we are going to get into that after we talk for a second about Breckenridge Brewery. We hype Breckenridge Brewery up all the time, but that's because my fridge is stocked with Breckenridge beers. I have, I, I think I have six different kinds in there right now because they really have a different beer for every occasion. You know, the vanilla porter is a great I don't even know, like a dessert beer. I don't really know much about beer, but I know that it's like super sweet and kind of like a milkshake. Uh, and it's the beer that I always have after I like eat a meal. You know, you like go go out, grab like some wings or whatever, drink an avalanche, and then come back and like, okay, I need like a dessert beer. And that's 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 the beer I go to in that situation. But then they also have stuff like the Strawberry Sky, which is just perfect for... Uh, floating the river, doing whatever outside stuff that you like to do. You know, we went up and floated Boulder Creek a couple weeks ago. Terrifying, by the way. Back still all bruised, torn to shreds. Uh, had a bad tube, just bounced off of every rock. Boy, was that something else. Um, really don't suggest that you try that, but if you do, hit me up because I would definitely be down to try it again. Um, point is... I packed in a bunch of Strawberry Skies, a couple Colorado Cores, and that's probably why the day didn't go quite as smoothly as I had hoped. But still worth it because Breckenridge Brewery makes some damn good beers. Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Weinster is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Weinster is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Weinster, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Weinster is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. 
What's also ideal about Weinster is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Weinster.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. All right. Time to get into some football talk because as I record this, it is we just passed 11 a.m., which means we are now 24 hours from kickoff as the Colorado Buffaloes host the Air Force Falcons at Folsom Field. Uh, I believe the game will be broadcast on the Pac-12 network, so sorry, guys. That's too bad. Um, Hopefully, you guys are going to make it to the game. I don't think tickets are too expensive, so maybe make a second check to make sure that you can't find a steal somewhere because I I really do think that this is going to be a closer game than people expect. Um I don't even know that I do. Let's let's get this out of the way first. Yesterday I made the predict- prediction that the Buffs would win 34 to 17. As I come back to that now, I'm leaning closer towards 34 14. The Buffs, the Buffs, I do think, are going to win this football game. I, I really trust Mel Tucker to put his team in a good situation. Um, but I also believe that that take, the 34-17 or 34-14 take, that should be raising more eyebrows than I think it probably does because there is a very real possibility that Air Force wins this game. You know, I was just looking up what the spread was on Odd Shark because that's my job to know those things. And I get in there, and they have the Buffs favored by four points. You know, that's about what it's been. I think it opened like one and a half. I think it might have hit five. I think it peaked at four four 4.5, though. Settled in around four. Uh, but in their projection for the actual score of the game, they had uh, Air Force winning 34 point whatever to 22 point whatever. A 12 point win. Um, and there's reason to believe that could happen you know this air force team they were five and seven and they played in the mountain west conference last year tough look not good but five of those seven losses were within one score so they were in those games and if if football has told us anything like one of my favorite takeaways from this whole analytics thing is that teams that are losing those 50 50 games one year they don't just like magically come back and start winning them the next year, but they do balance out over time. Like you can say a team is clutch, you can say a player is clutch, and there are some instances of that, but more often than not, who wins those tight games is more of a 50-50 call than one team really being good in those scenarios. This probably isn't a 5 and 7 football team this year. I would they're in the same division as Boise State, and so that's going to make it tough to actually win the division. They're going to be right up there, though. This is a good football team with some experience. And, you know, there is a reason that Air Force is a four-point dog to Colorado in Boulder, while Colorado State was a 13-and-a-half-point dog to Colorado at Folsom. You know, there this is a good football team. Sure they run a gimmick offense. Sure that limits their upside. They're never going to be national t- 
title contenders, obviously. They're going to be competing for Mountain West titles, competing for, you know, a decent bowl game, that sort of stuff. But that doesn't mean they aren't good enough to beat an average Pac-12 team, which is, as of right now, what the buffs seem to be. You know, they haven't lost yet, which means they have a little bit higher ceiling than a few other teams that we put in that middle tier of the Pac-12 conference. But that's what they are. And you've seen other Pac-12 teams lose to Mountain West team uh, teams quite a bit over the last couple of seasons. This could get ugly, and I think that if it does, uh, that will hurt the Buffs more than it should in terms of the perspective outsiders and maybe even Buffs fans have on this team. Um, we've talked a lot about the scheme Um primarily offensively, but a little bit defensively, that Air Force will run on Saturday against the Buffs. But we haven't really dug into the personnel and who they have that makes this team a scary team to play because they really are a scary team to play. If Not even if you just aren't on your A game. They are that themselves. Um, have to start with the quarterback. Donald Hammond III, he's a junior. He's a second-year starter. Uh, last year, he threw the ball 72 times. 72 times over the course of a season. That's not much at all. Uh, completed just over half of those passes, but he averaged almost 10 yards per attempt. So that shows you how this offense works. They take shots when there's something there. Five touchdowns, two interceptions. That's... That's who he is. Uh, he's a running quarterback. He fits this scheme perfectly. 6'2", 220. He has a little bit of power to him. And last year, he averaged 4.5 yards per carry. Over 84 attempts, he had 9 touchdowns. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. He does his job, and he's a great decision maker. Um, when you play these triple option teams... One of the big positives for the defense is that they often put the ball on the ground. You have, you, you lose the ability to pull in interceptions because obviously they aren't throwing the ball very much. But at the same time, you have more opportunities to recover fumbles just because of the style of play, just because there's pitches on so many of the plays. It just takes one bad pitch, one dropped pitch. Uh, bad decisions factor in there as well. And then even just pulling the handoff back from the fullback, that can cause problems as well. One of the things that you hope when you play one of these triple option teams is that they have an inexperienced quarterback who will make some bad decisions. Because unlike bad decisions downfield, where you know you 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 might throw into double coverage, but even if you do that, at least half the time, that's not getting picked off. Usually it's just going to hit the ground, and it's it's probably more like 25% of the time you make a really bad decision as a quarterback throwing the ball downfield. It turns out to be an interception. How many times do guys drop those? How many times do guys like run into each other? How many times did the receiver make a play? Or all of this sort of stuff. That doesn't happen as much in the triple option. Because if you pitch when you shouldn't pitch, there's probably somewhere, someone between you and the guy who's trying to get the pitch or he's getting blindsided. And as soon as that ball is on the ground, it's a live ball, which is the difference. You have to hope that Donald Hammond, who only played half the game, I want to say, uh, in week one, 
is rusty. And that could definitely be the case. You know, we talked about how, I can't remember, it was either 14 or 17 different ball carriers uh, for Air Force uh, gained yards running the football in week one against Colgate, but they only attempted one pass. That pass was actually thrown by the backup quarterback. Donald Hammond hasn't thrown a pass this year. Um, that's kind of who he is. The other guy who really, really scares me um, had nine carries for 62 yards, two touchdowns, is Caden Remsburg. He is a slot back. That means he's lining up at the edge of the formation, kind of, kind of next to a tackle. And he is on this football team because of his straight line speed. Because you give him a head of speed or head of steam going in motion back behind the quarterback, pitch him the ball when he's at full speed and just cuts upfield. He runs a 4-3-40. He is incredibly fast. Um, that's his one job. You know, nine carries for 62 yards. The longest was 13. This is a take-what-you-can-get football team. He's just consistently picking up five, six, seven, five, you know, yards every single play just because he's so fast he can get upfield before he makes contact. That is his job. Uh, the two touchdowns that he had were on that rocket toss. Uh, and if you read the film room, you know all about that play. It's one of the staples of the flexbone triple option offense. Put him in motion, have the uh, quarterback open up his hips, fake, fake the dive to the fullback. The direction that Remsburg is coming from so he's running back behind, and the quarterback turns with him, pitches him the ball with a head of steam, gives you that half step because the quarterback opened the other way, which indicates, more often than not, an option to the, like, we'll say to the right, even though he ends up pitching it back to the left. And you scored two touchdowns on that. It's a staple. We're going to see a lot of that. Um, and it's going to be tough to defend him because he does have that top-end straight line speed. In terms of wiggle, meh, a little, not bad. Uh, just a heads up, last year, uh, 5.8 yards per carry. Just another consistent runner. That's who he is. Uh, scary, though. 5'9", 185, he's a junior. Number 24, keep an eye out for him. Those are really the two threats who scare me most uh, for this triple option offense. But there is one more guy that you really need to be on the lookout for. And that is... The senior, six foot one, two twenty, number thirty-three, Taven Birdo. He is the key to this offense. He's the fullback. He's the guy who's running straight ahead on every single snap, putting his head down and trying to bully this Buffs defense. Carried the ball nine times for eighty yards last week. Had a long of forty-one, so that does kind of skew things. Um but he does have a little more big play potential than you'd expect out of a fullback. And that's because he's a guy who bounces at off of arm tackles and keeps his balance very well. You know, he's two hands on the ball runner, uh, just hugs it, puts his head down, uses the top half of his body like a battering ram, and gets downfield. If he's running for four yards per carry, five yards per carry, then... That's that's when the buffs are going to be in danger of overcommitting to the middle and leaving big running lanes open outside. 
Last year, he averaged 5.1 yards per carry, which is what you want him to do. Uh, that's more than enough. As a sophomore in 2017, 4.4 yards per carry, which again, like I said, is enough because if if you're consistently going 4.4, 4.4, 4.4, you're picking up the first downs, and that's what he does. His long that season in 88 carries when he averaged 4.4 yards, 16 yards. Only 16 yards. There isn't a big number that skews that, and he's actually getting you know, three and a half, three point eight usually, but sometimes breaking the big one. No. He is picking up four yards per carry, four yards per carry, five yards per carry, three yards per carry, six yards, you know, four and it's just consistent, consistent, consistent. And that's how they grind you down and eventually somebody cheats up and they take advantage of it. Holding him below four yards per carry would be massive for Colorado because then you don't have to worry too much about somebody Overcommitting when they're not supposed to. John Van Deese taking a step forward too early. Nate Landman doing the same thing. Uh, one of the safeties, a safety making a decision like that is just it. Like that is a touchdown. It's a. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, they have guys who are good at the one job they're asked to do, and if they can just keep things on pace, running that fullback dive. They'll give him the ball 15, 20 times, uh, more than that even, and that's with a rotation at fullback. They will throw in a couple of other guys. Remsburg will be the the lead, though, I anticipate. Those are the three guys you really got to look out for. Donald Hammond at quarterback, uh, Caden Remsburg at uh, slot back, and Taven Birdo as fullback. And they have a, a bunch of guys who will rotate in. Um, you know, the receivers aren't really threats. They're both guys who are six. I think they might both be six, three over 200. I think like one's 205, one's 210. They're blockers. They're out there to take on cornerbacks. You know, you have 160 pound Makai Blackman trying to fight through a block and make a play. That's going to be tough to do because they has found the best blocking receiver and they might throw each of the receivers one pass in this game. The key here is forcing Air Force to throw the football because that is not their strength. If you can do that, then you win this football game. And you do that by getting out to a lead early. Steven Montez finding LaVisca Chenault for some big games, scoring touchdowns on your first two drives, holding them to maybe a field goal, maybe two field goals, but putting them behind the eight ball so that they have to do something to catch up. It isn't just their offense that's built on staying on pace, uh, staying in the game. It's all about that, never making a sta- mistake, staying consistent throughout an entire game in every phase of the game. Not just moving the ball down the field, but keeping that score tight so that they can keep doing what they want to do. It's a disciplined team. It's going to be a major test for Colorado. And if and if they come out and they can shut down this triple option, that is a huge, huge sign that Colorado could actually be onto something this season because that takes the discipline that they haven't showed. You know, they are, I think only Arizona has uh, more takeaways than Colorado does this season. And the the reason that that isn't quite as exciting as it probably should be is that they've also given up quite a few big plays. They gave up over 500 yards to uh, Colorado State. They got torched by Nebraska in the first half of that game. If they can show that they can be a consistent, grinded-out, 
stop the opponent's defense and also have the upside of those turnovers. You know, let's call back to that soccer analogy earlier where it's the same thing with Taylor Korniak can get you a goal whenever. That's something that you just have in your back pocket. If you can also work to build goals, then all of a sudden that offense becomes a monster. Same thing about this defense. You have the upside of the turnovers, but you also have the consistent play that you don't have to be concerned about from the rest of the defense. And, you know, that's what this is. That's what this game is all about, at least in my mind. If they come out and shut down this triple option, boom, they're in good shape. Uh, if, if they give up a couple 20-yard gains, then you say, hey, that's probably some progress over what they've shown the last couple of weeks. Even if they give up three or four, just because of the way this offense is built, that's still probably progress over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's when they get up in that five, six, where you're saying, oh, no, this is a major flaw, and this is something that could plague Colorado all the way through this season. Um, it's time now to talk about some game-changing coffee. Uh, Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that is changing lives. Um, we've heard from some of our subscribers that they've checked it out, and you know they've been impressed. They've been happy with what's gone on, how they've improved whatever is plaguing them, whether it's pain, whether they want to function better mentally, whether they're having trouble focusing throughout a whole day of work. You know, it can do so many different things for you that you really do have to try it to see what CBD can do for you. Um, if you're interested, give Strava Craft Coffee a try. Uh, great partners of ours. If you use code BSN2019, you can receive 20% off and they'll ship it to you. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to pick it up. You can go to the website. You can order it in 10 minutes, get 20% off, and have it show up at your door just a few days later. It's a great deal. It's definitely something worth trying. And I hope you guys do because we really appreciate when you support our partners. Into the final segment of the final show of Air Force Week. Uh, I'll be back Saturday or Sunday sometime this weekend when I get a couple minutes with a post-game pod to kind of break down what we saw in the game tomorrow, 11 a.m. Um, but this is our last chance to talk before we get into the game. And I'm going to let you guys run this last section like always. Um, and we're going to start with Sonny Rain, who says, Anyone who thinks this game with Air Force is a total CU blowout isn't paying attention. Sure, CU might win by 17-20 to 20 in the end. Personally, I kind of want it to be close at the half with CU ahead, just so I can see how the team will respond in that position. I'd also like to see CU get a 3 or 4 score lead, so I can see if we still have Oregon State disease or not. But if this game is within 14 points late... Don't be surprised if Air Force is able to make you nervous. One thing I know, the receivers and tight ends block like a mofo. I think mofo is okay. Obviously, like, I can't, you know, I think mofo is okay, though. Uh, there's a guy, a tight end, Wagsback number 87. The defense needs to watch out for him because he pancakes guys on the edges. This game should be easy, but I'm not sure that that is what CU actually needs right now. They need to keep learning to battle. Uh, yeah. That's a great point, bringing up the tight end. The tight end is kind of a new thing in this offense. You know, five, six years ago, 
I don't think Air Force was recruiting tight ends at all because it just wasn't a position you used. You were out in that flex bone with three running backs and two receivers. There was never a tight end on the field. When they made that transition into some more hybrid type stuff where they're running the triple option out of, they started using the I formation more, all that kind of stuff, even some shotgun. And they've moved away from that recently and kind of gone back to the roots of the flex bone triple option. But in that time frame, they were bringing in some tight ends who could block, like the receivers, just guys who could block. Um, they're going to find a way to get their best blockers on the field. And I like that you say, you know, this probably should be a game that Colorado wins by whatever, a couple scores. I agree. I, I do agree. I do think that line is set too close. I think that this should be a 9-point favorite, 10-point favorite Colorado team. But we just got to see it play out. Uh, it's interesting to hear that you want to see it stay close to see what will happen. You know, that's something that you don't hear all that often from sports fans. Like, I want to see my team put in a tough situation because more often than not, you just want to say, hey, let's beat these guys up, get out of here, see if a win over Air Force can get us into the rankings somehow. I think that that depends more on how other teams perform than Colorado. But it'd be a good look if they could come out and just blow this team out. Learning whether they still have that Oregon State disease or not, you know, with Mel Tucker, it's tough to believe that that would be allowed. Just the way he carries himself. I don't want to go on another Mel Tucker is the greatest tangent, but I, I don't understand how he hasn't had a head coaching job before this, other than interim coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is so obviously qualified to build a program, uh, rebuild a program, really, with Colorado. Uh, it's... It's interesting, though, because you still have some of those same guys, but with the leadership of Mel Tucker and, you know, even the depth will kind of play a part. We, 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 it's, it's this weird sort of depth in that Colorado doesn't have a bunch of guys who you throw out there and like, oh, this is another playmaker, but the difference between their starter and their backup or third string even at some positions is like, eh, not that huge. All guys who could probably go out there and get adequate maybe production um, and that means that you can plug those guys in if you aren't impressed with how others are playing something to keep an eye on for sure um, thanks for the comment as always sunny rain and we have another this time from b Bector 22 good work on the film room article definitely a must read before saturday's game i think this one will be close for a lot of the game with the buffs pulling away in the fourth buffs offense is too talented for air force uh, D will give up yards, but need to be dialed in every play. Forcing third and six plus is the key. Totally agree. That's how you beat this team. You you get ahead of them early. You push them back early, whether that's early in the game so that they have to start thinking about throwing the football or whether it's pushing them back early in a drive uh, so that they have a second and 12. Knocking them behind the sticks is what this game is all about. But it's doing it in a way that doing it in a way that doesn't leave you exposed anywhere. You you can't just dial up a blitz and knock them back because there are too many ways to exploit that. And if if for some reason you don't get the tackle on the blitz, the runner is just gone. That's how it goes. It's getting penetration, everybody winning their one on one matchups, uh, and staying patient but aggressive and physical. 
that's how you stop an Air Force offense. Uh, I like I like the take on the Buffs pulling away in the fourth. I think that that's a good way to look at it. If if I had to guess, I'd say you know we'll stick with thirty four seventeen. The Buffs lead twenty four ten. Uh, midway through the third quarter. I, I don't know. I don't know. The, it's it's tough to say. And then they kind of build on that. Like, they have this comfortable lead throughout, but Air Force is kind of just right there uh, most of the way through. And then the Buffs get that touchdown to go up 31-10, and you're like, okay, this is over. And Air Force gets another touchdown from their pull. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't think that this will be a game where Air Force is leading or tied or even just right on the heels I think that there'll be a score back maybe 10 points back and it'll just kind of like hang right there all the way through and 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 if you throw a pick six then boom it's a game again uh I like that he continues hope you guys are subscribing to BSN as do I uh great content for all Denver sports quick note on Buff Club young alumni program you don't need to be a CU alum to join. All fans 22 to 30, welcome and encouraged. Help support Ralphie. Awesome. Uh, cool thing that you guys can sign up for. I was totally wrong when I said you have to be a CU alum. They call it young alumni, though, and I guess that means like young alumni of anywhere. Where they take converts. Whatever. Uh, you know, Silver Buff and Ben Bechter have been huge BSN supporters since we relaunched BSN Buffs. And maybe even before that. I know Silver Buff is... I don't know. Uh, but they're supporting us, and so we want to support them, and we hope that you guys will too, because we want this to be a community of Buffs fans, and not just another media outlet, and that takes two-way interactions, maybe even three-way, me to you, you to me, you guys to each other, uh, let's all be friends, um, okay, let's move on, uh, definitely sign up for that though. There will be, as always, a the contact information for who to sign up with. Say that B. Bechter or Silverbuff sent you, and they'll get something, I guess. Who knows? Uh, if there's anything we guys we can do for you guys, always just let us know. We love to help. Um, subscribe to the show. Subscribe to BSN Denver. Uh, you can still get a free shirt if you subscribe, I believe. Yeah, yeah. you can still get a free shirt if you subscribe. Um, Five stars on iTunes, always. We really appreciate it. Leave comments. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get to them in the post-game show. They might be saved for Monday's podcast. But I want to hear what you guys see because me just talking about what I see is not nearly as much fun as your guys' takes. So subscribe. Go to the post in the podcast section, the BSN Buffs podcast section on bsendeavor.com. Most recent post. This one will be called something about Air Force. Maybe maybe fall sports might no we can't do that we have to name it after a football team that's the only way you get clicks which is too bad but we're working on it um all right I'm rambling again I feel like I end every show by rambling help us out in any way you can we'll help you out in any way we can uh, thanks for listening excited to see what this Buffs team looks like against this triple option because it will be a test for this defense that has looked susceptible to things like the triple option uh. 3417. See you guys on the post game pod Saturday or Sunday or something. Bye. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in 
pushing 180. Speed and pad competition. See you later, baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. And boaters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. You on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring. Throwing blows, knocking down team after team. They like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Get a bus with my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado sway. Have you ever seen a ram? Nine bow to Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. Well, star hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of water. Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man I swear I think they like my Colorado 